You are listening to about Jesus our Radio, Lord, the official podcast of New Church. Prisoner, but sharing suffering for the gospel by the power of God. I'm sorry, I read one extra verse. That's extra credit. Sorry about that. So verse number nine, who saved us and called us to a holy calling, not because our, of our works, but because of his own purpose and grace, which he gave us in Christ Jesus before the ages began. And this is Paul speaking to his spiritual son, Timothy. And he's speaking life, and he's telling him, Timothy, this is not your purpose. This is not about you. This is, don't make it about your own philosophy. Don't make it about your own ministry. But this is about his purpose. Who's his purpose? It's God's purpose. It's Jesus Christ's purpose. He is the reason why we live and we move and we exist. It is the word of God. It is the infallible word of God. It is the, it is the flower's faith, the grass withered, but my word will not fade. My word stands and it stands forever in all eternity. Let's not make it about anything else. It is God's purpose. It is this is the reasons why we're standing today. It's because of well, the word of God. It is the preaching of the word of God. This is the reasons why I'm here today. It's the foundation. He is the great foundation. He is He is the solid foundation that we stand on. He's the chief cornerstone, the Bible says. It's a firm foundation, and it may, it may shake, and it may tremble, but it will not crumble because we're standing and we're rooted in God's word. Hallelujah. So let us be encouraged today. Let us be encouraged that it's never our purpose. It's not about New Living Way. It's not about creating another ministry. <laughs> Praise the Lord for all that stuff. Praise the Lord for other churches that are preaching the word of God. But let us not stray away from that. This is all about God, the King of kings, and the Lord of lords. It's the preaching of the gospel. It's the good news. It's about souls coming back to the kingdom. It's all about those. We were in that, we were in that shoes once upon a time. And we can surely get there again. Man, but God's mercy and his grace, right? It's the preaching of the cross where people can come back to their senses. People can come back and be filled with the Holy Spirit and restored and be brought back to life and be in the name, baby, and their names be written in the last book of life. Man, this is all about the power of God. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah for today. It's the day of salvation. So, Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for this day, Father. We thank you, Father, that everything that is said and done this morning, Father, it is about you, Father. Let it bring glory and honor to you, Father. We thank you, Father, for the message of the cross, Father. For your cross, Father, was more than enough, Father. We thank you for your love and your mercy, Father, and your spirit, Father, that 
that you drew us, Father, to your house this morning, Father, is to encourage us, is to speak life to us, Father, and this, Father, is just so we can do your will, Father, so help us, Father, this day, Father, to do your will, Father, to serve, to serve you and you only, Father, we love you, we bless you, Father, bless the service, bless the, this time, Father, bless the, the, the worship, Lord Jesus, and we thank you for salvation, Father, we thank you for the message of the cross that is going out today, this morning, Father, but not just today, Father, every day, Father, in this nation, Father, they need to know you, they need to hear about you, Father, and your grace, Father, and your salvation power, Father, in the name of Jesus, Father, we thank you, and we love you, Jesus, in the name of Jesus, I pray, amen. Oh, we just praise you this morning, Lord God. You know, it's amazing this morning we talked about loving the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your soul, and with all your strength. And it all starts with the love of God. And today, because we come together, because we love the Lord our God with all our mind, with all our heart, with all our soul, and with all our strength, it is a pleasing aroma to the Father this morning. Because we come with hearts of gratitude. Because of the love that he has for us. Because he ends it with the strength, because the strength is what me and you need to continue to love him, but not just to love him in word, but to love him in action. And today, whatever you may have been going through or you've been facing, Oh, but take joy this morning because you use the strength that you have today. And you're using that strength today as little as it may be or how much it may be, but you are taking that strength today and saying, Lord, I love you. And I'm going to use that strength within me today, God. And if I have no strength, I'm still going to come with the little strength that I got. And I'm going to praise my Lord. I'm here to bless my Lord. I'm here to worship my Lord. I'm going to declare your goodness. I'm going to sing of your love. I'm going to sing of your mercy. I'm going to sing of your grace. I'm going to sing your name because it's a beautiful name. And in that strength, he teaches us also how to love one another. Because can I tell you something? Your family your friends, your neighbors, your co-workers, your classmates, your bosses, your teachers, the police officers, the firefighters, the leaders, our president, and all kinds of people all across the world today are blessed because you're making the decision and we're making a decision today to serve the Lord and to love the Lord and to continue to believe on the Lord. And because of the love of God for me and you today, you've been changed. And because you've been changed, there's been a change in the world. So when you leave here today, you might think twice about taking that red light. 
when you leave here today, you might go home with a change of attitude. When you go to work tomorrow, you may say, thank you, Lord, for my job. Thank you, Lord, for my boss. Thank you, Lord, for my school. Thank you, Lord, for my teachers. Because there's been a change within our hearts today because of the love of God that he has for us, but also the love of God that he has for this world today. And because we're coming together because we love the Lord our God with all our heart, mind, soul, and strength, it's only because of that love that he teaches us how to love our neighbor. And it may be a little change because it takes a while for some transformation. Oh, but thank God for that little change. Amen? Because it's because of him I may not respond the way I would have. I may have not acted the way I would have. But it's because of the love of God today that there has been a change in this world. And you know what? You are a blessing because of the Christ in you. And just know he is able to reach those around you. But you just keep loving the Lord our God, right? Let's keep loving him because he is so good. Father, we just thank you this morning. We thank you, Father God, Lord, for the love that you have for us, oh God. And we thank you for the love that you have, Father God, Lord Jesus, you have for this world today. And Father God, we just thank you this morning because we're here today, Lord God. We're joining together this morning, Lord God, because we love you with all our heart, with all our mind and all of our soul and all of our strength, my God. And Father God, Lord, we are using that today, my God. That strength that we have to come together to praise you, to glorify you, Lord, to seek your kingdom and to seek your righteousness. Because we know and believe, as your word says, all these things will be added unto us as well. Because, Lord, we thank you, Lord, that you're able to take care, Father God, of those things, my God, that, Father God, may be heavy upon our heart. Father God, that may be overwhelming, Lord Jesus. Or, Father God, the things that, Lord Jesus, just life in itself, Lord. But we thank you today, Father God, that we can rejoice in being able to come together to praise you because of that love, my God, that we have for you. And in doing so, thank you, Lord, because, Father, we're showing that love today, my God. Though others may not understand how we can get up early in the morning and come to church, but, Father, we do it because we love those around us, my God. And, Father, God, it's in this place that we're able to come together and be encouraged to your word, my God, that, Father God, we can be that change, Lord God, that those around us that we know today need to see, my God, need to hear about, Lord God. And, Father God, that you would be glorified and that they may know you, Lord Jesus. Because, Father God, Lord, there was a time where, Lord, we weren't even thinking about coming to church. But, Father God, you changed our hearts and you changed our lives. And Father, this morning we come completely in complete surrender unto you, Lord. 
As we sang this song today, Lord, we give you our hearts. Because, Lord, we belong to you. So, Father, we just thank you this morning, Lord. We thank you, Father God, for this day. And we thank you for this time, Lord, as we are able, Lord Jesus, to praise you, to glorify you. And we just thank you, Lord, for your Holy Spirit who brings us all together today, Lord. And we just thank you, Lord, for ministering to our hearts this morning. And we thank you for your peace, your comfort, your joy, and for your strength. We love you and we praise you this morning in Jesus' name. Amen, amen. Let's give the Lord a shout this morning, amen. You didn't get a chance this morning, let's get on up, let's greet our neighbors this morning, amen. Thank you all for joining us online as well this morning. Well, praise God as the word of God says, rejoice. And again, I will say what? Rejoice. rejoice. Amen. We can rejoice at being in the house of the Lord this morning. We can rejoice coming together as a church, as a body of Christ to praise our God, to just worship the Lord Jesus Christ together and just to celebrate his love and the love that he has for us and the love that he has for this world today and just the hope that we have in him today. Amen. And it's just such a blessing to be able to know this and to be able to enjoy this time together in being able to seek our Lord, our Savior, our King, our Master, our Teacher. Amen. And he can teach us through this, you know, about who he is and how great and awesome and mighty he is. So let us continue to stand in faith and let us continue to trust the Lord together. But let me ask you a question. Did you ever think about that? That by you coming to church is actually a blessing for someone else. You ever think about that? That you're not just coming to church or you're not serving God or you're not believing in the Lord today just for yourself anymore. You're believing in it for others as well. You're coming to church, and because you come to church, you're a, you're a changed man. You're a changed woman. You are a changed person today, and because of that, you go back home, you go out in the world, you are a change in this world. So the next time you kind of struggle to get on up, the next time you kind of struggle to get in your word, to get into prayer, to seek the Lord, to do what is right, let me encourage you. Think about that person next to you. Think about those people around you. And think about it, well, maybe I'm having a hard time here, but Lord, help me, Lord, do it for them. Because let me tell you something, when we leave here today, or we're out of the word of God, once we read the word, or we prayed, and we took some time with the Lord, let me tell you something, it is a blessing. You are a blessing to be around, amen? Woo! But it's a little rough when we, you know, we've kind of been, haven't been reading, haven't been doing the right thing, haven't been praising God, and all of a sudden we kind of find ourselves with, man, I don't know if I want to be around you today. <laughs> so it is a blessing, and we are a blessing to others, and this is a blessing to others today because we are coming together, standing in faith and believing for not just ourselves, but also for the world today and our loved ones around us. So let me encourage you, you're doing the right thing today coming together to praise God and to serve him and just to know that he is faithful. Amen. And it is a blessing to others today because it's like, you know what, going to a game and stuff like that. You know, I remember going to Dodger game. I came home if they won and they did a great job. I came home in a good mood. But if they lost, I wasn't in a, I was in a bad mood. 
See, but when you come to the Lord, it's always victory. Praise God, it is always victory. Because we're on the winning side. We have the victory in Christ Jesus. So we don't have to leave defeated. We don't have to walk away from his word defeated. We can rejoice because of the victory that we have in the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? Oh, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise God this morning. Well, I'm just so grateful to be here with, every, with all of us here today and all those joining us with us online today. Just such a blessing to be able to seek the Lord together and to be able to serve him together. And I just want to thank all of you for all your prayers and support last week as we were able to come together. Amen. How many enjoyed the tacos and the fellowship and the time together and just being able to come together and fellowship? Amen. It was just such a blessing as we were able to come together and celebrate God's faithfulness of 83 years here in New Living Way Church, but also just to celebrate God's faithfulness to us as, as, to his, as his people, his faithfulness to this world today, and how that hope is still hope today. And it is assured hope. It is a sure hope today. And he is that sure hope. And there's nothing else like him in this world. He is the one and only. He is Jesus Christ. So it was just such a blessing to be able to come together, just to be able to, like I said, you know, it was just a blessing just to hear all the voices going all at once. You know, it was like, it was harmony. Amen. It was just such a blessing and such an, you just had a great time. So thank you guys for coming and joining us. Thank you for your prayers. Thank you for just, you know what, just being who you are in the Lord today and just allowing the love of God to overflow in that. And, you know, and it's just such a blessing as well that, you know, that the Lord provided for that. And you know what? He provides all those things in our tithes and offerings and different things like that. And just, you know, in all the things that we're able to do as a church and sending money out to ministries and, you know, different things that we're able to do as a church for people many times. But, you know, it's always amazing is when you put something together and we just said, you know, we're going to do this. It's just to celebrate. We haven't had a celebration in a long time. And you know what? And, and the church was blessed. And let me tell you something. There was a, a donation given and it was actually in honor of our sister Joan from Sister Jerry. And so all the food was covered. And everything that we had on Sunday was covered. And everything was blessed on that. So let's give the Lord a shout this morning and a praise and honor this morning. And just grateful and, and just thankful for that. So thank you, Sister Jerry, as we were able to do that. And she did that in honor of her sister Joan, Joan Jackson, who was a faithful servant in this house. It's a blessing and a pillar, her and her husband John and her family, and Jerry's family, you know what, and just such a blessing today because we're still seeing the faithfulness that God showed them as the faithfulness he's still showing us today, amen? So he's just so good. Let me encourage you, keep trusting God. He'll provide. He'll make a way. He'll touch the hearts. And how many of us know where there's no way? There's always a way in Christ. And you don't know what to do? I always go back to Moses. Lift up them hands. And when he lifted up them hands, the water parted. And you know what? God will always make a way. And sometimes those arms may get heavy, and that's where we need each other, just as when they were battling and Israel was losing. But every time Moses lifted up his hands, the battle would turn. And they came alongside of him, and they lifted up the hands of Moses. And because of that, Israel conquered. Amen? So when, even when your arms are weak and you don't have the strength, you have the Holy Spirit with you who will come alongside and lives in you and will help you raise up them hands. But also that's why we need each other. And that's why it's important to not forsake the assembly of the brethren because we also need each other to come in together and to help one another to lift up them hands. Amen? So it's just coming together and serving God together and just really blessed to do so. Amen? So praise God for that. I'm just so blessed to, to be able to share that with you this morning. 
Uh, we are having communion this morning, so it will be towards the end of service today. So we will take communion together and just really grateful for what the Lord has provided today and just remembering all that he has done for us. Uh, this Wednesday, there is no Bible study, so feel free you know, to, to take some time and study the word or get caught up on some of the Bible studies. Maybe you haven't had a chance to watch with us, uh, but we are in the book of Acts and we will be starting the book of Acts chapter 14 for Bible study coming up. So if you'd like to just start reading it, seeking the Lord through it, having them just teach you through the Holy Spirit and just, you know, and then come together as we study the word of uh, starting in Acts chapter 14 for the month of October. Uh, there will be prayer this this Friday, though. So we will be meeting up for prayer on uh, Friday, this uh, this Friday here in the annex room. And uh, we just encourage you to pray along with us. Amen. I don't have a scripture or a set s subject yet, but let us keep continuing to seek the, the kingdom of God and his righteousness and knowing that all these things will be added unto us as well. Amen. So just really looking forward to that. So we encourage you to join us. Amen. Rich kids, you guys are in tonight. This is the first Sunday of the month, so we will have classes resuming next week. So praise God. Let's give the Lord a shout this morning that we're able to have the rich kids classes again, the Rooted in Christ. And you know what? I'm just grateful the Lord is building that up and just, you know, raising up the youth. And you know what? You guys keep doing the work of the Lord and just know that you guys are a blessing. And the Lord has great plans for you and they are for good and not for evil to bring you hope in the future. And just know that all things are possible for God. But, you know, but also enjoy what God has given you and just enjoy it to the fullest. Amen. And just know he is a loving God. Praise God. So, amen. Well, praise the Lord. Amen. Well, let's this morning we're going to we're going to be reading the Bible this morning. Amen. So let's turn our Bibles to Isaiah chapter 43. Isaiah chapter 43. And we're going to be looking at something here today that looking at someone actually. Um, that I believe that. This is for all of us today. So I always believe the word of God is for all of us, but I know he's got a reason and purpose for it. Father, we just thank you, Lord Jesus, for this day. We thank you for this time. We thank you, Father, as we're able to come together to seek your word, Father, to seek you through your word. Lord, we come together today and we ask you to teach us by your spirit, Lord, to instruct us in the way that we should go, Father God. And Father, in the name of Jesus, we just thank you this day, Father God. Lord, for your love, we thank you for your peace and your comfort, your patience. We thank you, Father, Lord Jesus, for your forgiveness, Lord. We thank you, Father God, for the victory that we have in you today and this world can have in you today because of, Lord Jesus, the death and resurrection, Lord. And we thank you, Lord, that you ascended on high, Lord Jesus, and you are coming back, Lord. We thank you for your Holy Spirit, Lord, as a guarantee of that covenant promise. And, Father, we thank you today, Lord, as Father, you are teaching us how to live holy and to be holy as you are holy, my God. So, Father, this morning, we thank you, Lord. Father, we ask you, Lord Jesus, to guide us and lead us this morning by your spirit. Thank you for your word, Lord. And, Father, just speak to our hearts this morning. Help us to see. Let this word fall on good ground within our hearts this morning. And let it bring about, Father God, the fruits, my God, that Father is intended to do. We love you and we praise you this morning in Jesus' name. Amen. The title of today's message is, It's Not What It Looks Like. Amen? So, you guys all got that? It's not what it looks like. Amen? So just kind of think about that, kind of ponder that. It's not really a, a how, how would you say this? It's not really a nice saying, I guess you can say. But how many of us know that God can take what was meant for evil and turn it for the good? Amen? And so, you know, you might say, I don't know if that's a good title. And I kind of thought about it myself, but as I started to study and read it, this was, I had peace with it. Because God is able to use that for the good. 
And, you know, so I'll kind of go a little bit more into that, of what I'm talking about and what I mean here. But I want us to look at this scripture here in Isaiah chapter 43. And we're going to look at verse 1, and then we're going to look at verse 4. So it says here in Isaiah chapter 43, verse 1, But now thus says the Lord, Who created you, O Jacob? Who formed you, O Israel? Fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by name, and you are mine. How many of us believe that this morning for ourselves? Right? God called you. He chose you. But not only did he do so, but he also redeemed you. And that word redeemed is also seen as a word of ransomed you. He also ransomed you. So we're going to look at a couple of definitions and a couple of things that are brought out from the Concordance and the Webster's Dictionary and a little thesaurus in here. But a couple of ways that it brings down, breaks down this word to redeem or to ransom is to buy back, to win back. But I love this one also to free from what distresses or harms you. To free you from what distresses or harms you. And that word distress is a great suffering of body or mind. How many of us have ever had distress? How many of us have, have distress today? How, much, how many know that in this world today there is much distress? And there is great suffering of the mind and of the body today. Whether in sickness, whether it's emotions, whether it's mental, whatever it may be. But there are many distresses, but it says to be redeemed is to be freed from that. And the harms and effects of it. How many of us know that we were bound by sin and death? It was a great suffering that was upon our body and our mind because sin and death had all control and power over us. But it wasn't until our faith in Jesus Christ and what he did for me and you today that we were able to be freed from that distress and from the harm that followed because of it. Because how many of us know without Christ we would be headed to hell? We were on our way to death and eternal separation from God without the love of God and without his redemption. But he says, I have redeemed you. The state of not being protected from evil, harm, or injury. To trouble to mind, the mind to make uneasy. We were all in this place, but he freed us from this. But another way of looking at redeemed or ransom is to free from captivity by payment of a ransom to help to overcome but here it is to free from the consequences of sin to free from the consequences of sin how many have been freed from the consequences of sin from the condemnation of sin. Don't get me wrong, there are consequences. But you're no longer, and I'm no longer condemned because of it, and God is able to wash those sins away. To change for the better, to reform, 
to repair, to restore, to remove the obligation of payment, to make good, to fulfill. How many have ever heard Jesus paid it all? He paid it all on that cross for me and you. There's no way I could ever repay Jesus for the debt that he paid for me. But what I can do is allow him to change my heart. I can learn and continue to grow in loving him and loving people and trusting him that he is faithful to, com- to accomplish the work to which he started within us. Jesus is our redeemer. So I'll ask you a question. Is Jesus your redeemer this morning? He redeemed you. And he is still able to redeem those today who put their faith in him. So we're going to look at a woman today who might not be the most popular woman. The story's popular. But her lifestyle wasn't. And I don't mean it in a sense like it wasn't known, but this woman, for what she is caught doing, is most likely not going to be a very liked woman or not really someone who's going to want to be a friend to have around someone's husband. So we're going to go to John chapter 8, verse 2 through 11. I read this scripture, and I kept going back, and I was talking to Letty about it the other day. And I really just started to see the realness here of this scripture. It started to really just hit home as to what this scripture and what's actually going on in this portion of scripture. So we're going to kind of talk about that today. We're going to talk about some realities here today. And we're going to look at some things here that need to be seen. So we're going to be talking about the adulterous woman to this morning. And it's found right here in John chapter 8. We're going to start in verse 2. It says, Early in the morning he came again to the temple. All the people came to him, and he sat down and taught them. The scribes and the Pharisees brought a woman who had been caught in adultery, and placing her in the midst, they said to him, Teacher, this woman has been caught in the act of adultery. Now in the law, Moses commanded us to stone such women. So what do you say? This they said to test him, that they might have some charge to bring against him. And Jesus bent down and wrote with his finger on the ground. So imagine Jesus is over there teaching. He's there in the synagogue and he's preaching and he's teaching them all that came and he taught them. And now all of a sudden, these Pharisees, these leaders, they bring a woman who was now caught in the very act of adultery. She was either with another, another, what's it called, woman's husband, or she was a wife and she was with another man that was not her husband. And the word of God says that she was caught in the very act. 
Woman of God. <laughs> Would you be accepting of this woman? Would you want her around your husband? <laughs> Man of God. Do you trust this woman around you? She's an adulteress. She was caught in the very act. Have you ever really thought about that in a human sense of where you're at, how deep this goes? And how real this is? I mean, you watch novellas, and you watch, we watch movies, and we watch TV shows, and you don't get this drama. That's real drama. That's real. I love the Lifetime commercial I just saw. Woman moves in next door. She goes and says, oh, hi, I'm your new neighbor. I'm just moving in. She goes, uh-uh. She goes, I know. You're going to try to take my husband, and you're going to try to kill me, and you're going to burn down my house. I didn't expect that first part to come out, though, just because I saw the commercial. And then it says she's been watching Lifetime movies. <laughs> she don't trust it. But right here, we see a real-life drama unfold here. This woman was caught in adultery. How would that make you feel today? They bring in a woman and she was just, they just caught her in adultery here in the church. How would we see her? How would we respond to her? But let's take it a step further. Not just adultery, but any other type of sin. Sin in general, but yet it's brought out, they're brought into the church. How would you respond and how would I respond? Because how many of us know we all got some dirt? And there are some things that are being worked out in our lives. That's why much of the Bible, when you read it, is metaphorically. Because if we probably knew everything that Paul went through, and the apostles and the disciples... We'd probably say, oh, man, I don't know about that guy. I don't know about that woman. Because they don't have the right to be depressed. They don't have the right to be tempted. They don't have the right to be angry or have unforgiveness. Who gives us the right to put that label upon that person? Because they're trusting God just like any one of us. And we see God's hand in this. See, they may have thought they were trying to set him up, but the reality is God was setting them up. And what we must understand, this was not a prostitute. If it was, it would have said so. It is saying this woman was caught in adultery in the very act of it. This was most likely a lifestyle, and this was something that had been going on that these men knew about. They knew this was going on. They waited for the opportune time, and when that time came, they went and grabbed this woman, and they brought her forth. And not only that, they bring the law to, to Jesus and say, what are you going to do about it? Okay. Okay. 
She's guilty. She got caught. So let's look at what the law says. Let's go to Exodus 2014. I'll go up from here. Exodus 2014. You shall not commit adultery. Okay? That's a broken command. Let's go to Exodus 31, 18. When the Lord finished speaking to Moses on Mount Sinai, he gave him the two tablets of the covenant law, the tablets of stone inscribed by the finger of God. So who was this law given by? By God. It's God's law. God's law is holy and God's law will never change. So we see here that those two tablets were inscribed by the finger of God. So God put the law in effect, the law is good, and it doesn't change. And he doesn't lower the standard. So the right in this, she's breaking the law. Okay? Now let's go to Leviticus chapter 20, verse 10. Ooh, this is kind of tough right here. Man. You always realize a lot of the Bible always says man. In the beginning, he put the blame on Adam. And right here it says, if a man commits adultery with another man's wife, with the wife of his neighbor, both the adulterer and the adulteress are to be put to death. Uh-oh. There is a discrepancy in the law here. You realize that he puts the blame on the man first and then the woman? But how many did they bring? <laughs> how many did they bring, though, to that circle? They only brought the woman. Let's look at Deuteronomy chapter 22. 22. If a man is found sleeping with another man's wife, both the man who slept with her and the woman must die. You must purge the evil from Israel. So he says, this is how you are to deal with this. This is how serious God's law is and how serious he was making it that he's saying you must even, they must be killed. Because of this sin, and because this sin is going to affect the family, it's going to affect all the, the community, it's going to affect the way of living and how we serve God. So God was very serious about this, but the issue is, is that these people brought this woman, accusing her of adultery, which she was guilty of, she broke the law, but in doing so, they broke the law. They broke the law because it says not only the woman, but bring the man, the adulterer and the adulteress. So right here, they are bringing this woman, trying to accuse her, uh, condemning her, but yet they themselves are in sin. Ooh. 
Does that sound familiar? We're pointing and telling them, you're breaking the law, but yet I'm breaking the law and pointing my finger at you. You're breaking the law. When in fact, we're all breaking the law. We are all falling short of the glory of God. And this man was to be accountable. Many thoughts on who the man may have been. Some believe he was a Pharisee. He was a leader. He was a friend. He was obviously somebody in position because they did not bring him. Because that probably would have made them all look bad. Now we don't know for sure. That's just more of a thought. But the reality is this whole situation here is already wrong. Even though they're trying to justify themselves and saying what they're doing is right. It's not right. Let's look at Deuteronomy chapter 17. We're going to look at verse 2 through 7. I have to lay this down first before we can look at this next portion here. Deuteronomy 17, verse 2 through 7. This is why it was so important to God. Because it had more, it dealt with marriage, but it also had to deal with the relationship between God and his people. The adultery that we commit from, with God, from God, with other things. And he addresses this here when he says, If there is found among you within any of your towns that the Lord your God has given you, a man or a woman who does what is evil in the sight of the Lord your God in transgressing his covenant, and has gone and served other gods, and worshipped them, or the sun, or the moon, or any of the host of heaven, which I have forbidden, and it is told you, and you hear of it, then you shall inquire diligently. And if it is true and certain that such an abomination has been done in Israel, then you shall bring out to your gates that man or woman who has done this evil thing, and you shall stone that man or woman to death with stones. On the, but look at this, on the evidence of two witnesses or three witnesses, the one who is to die shall be put to death. A person shall not be put to death on the evidence of one witness. The hand of the witness shall be first against him to put him to death. And afterward, the hand of all the people, so you shall purge the evil from your midst. See, so not only does it put the accuser in a place, but it also says, okay, but those who actually brought up the accusation now have to be the first one to throw the stone. So it wasn't just accusing someone, it was also being part of the death. And so he's telling them here in this scripture, the one that brought the accusation now will be the one that first throws the stone. And think about it. Could there have been some that maybe weren't as guilty as they came out to be, but they may have been falsely accused? Something to think about. But hopefully, prayerfully not, because it says they were supposed to search diligently. 
But we see through all of this that Jesus changes it. Jesus shines a light on what's really going on here. And he deals with it. Verse 5 again in chapter 8 of John says, Now in the law Moses commanded us to stone such women, so what do you say? They wanted Jesus to say what they wanted to hear, so then they can go to the Romans and tell them, Hey, look, this man is not letting us judge our people the way that we're supposed to. In whatever way they could accuse Jesus is how they wanted to basically destroy him. And verse 6 says, they said this to test him, that they might have some charge to bring against him. And Jesus bent down and wrote with his finger on the ground. Many wonder, and there's many different thoughts on what he was writing on the ground. But I don't know what he was writing, but he was writing something. Could it have been the law as it said that Jesus, God, was the finger of God, put the law and commandments? Could he have written that? Yes, he could have, but he could have written a number of things. But regardless, he was pondering, and he took his time before answering these people. And as they continued to ask him, he stood up and said to them, Let him who was without sin among you be the first to throw a stone at her. See, right here, they knew. He says, you were without sin, because they kept pushing him. Jesus, what do you have to say? Jesus, Jesus, what are you going to do? What are you going to do with that? Because it says they continue to push him on the subject. They continue to ask him. And he just calmly says, let him who is without sin among you be the first to throw a stone at her. See, they knew that they were in sin, that they broke the law because the man was not there. So when it says that the oldest left first, and then the youngest is because they, something came to light. Their hearts were exposed, and they recognized our plot was wicked. And they could not cast this stone because all of them had fallen short. They had all sinned because they had all broken the law because the man was not there. And if any of them would have thrown that stone first, they would have been guilty and called out. So whatever Jesus wrote got them thinking. Maybe just the way how he responded, it just kind of waited. Their, their own guiltiness, their own thoughts started to come forth. Oh, this is wrong. Never mind. He knows already what's going on. Forget it. Let's walk away. And what's beautiful about this is, and once more he bent down and wrote on the ground. But when they heard it, they went away one by one, beginning with the older ones. And Jesus was left alone with the woman standing before him. Jesus stood up and said to her, woman, where are they? Has no one condemned you? She said, no one, Lord. And Jesus said, neither do I condemn you. Go, and from now on, sin no more. Imagine she's there before the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, the Savior of the world. She was guilty. She was caught in the act. 
And she is now standing before Jesus. And she doesn't know what Jesus is about to say. But what he does is he takes away the power of the accusers. And he chooses to forgive her and to set her free. Because if there's no one here to condemn you, then neither do I. And she becomes free. She's guilty. How would you feel about that? You go to court and they find that person innocent. But Jesus says, and neither do I. I don't condemn you either. Can I tell you something? He took the power away from your accuser. From my accuser. Because we've been redeemed. Let's say it. I'm redeemed. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. We've been redeemed. So he took away that power of the accuser. So don't let that accuser win because you have the victory in Christ Jesus. Just be careful that we don't become the accusers. But now I get to the place of it's not what it looks like. I put her, everyone saw her as an adulteress. She saw herself as an adulteress. But the question was, but what was the cause of this action and the way of living in her life? Her sin was the obvious problem. How many of us know that there is always obvious issues in your life? But it doesn't necessarily mean it's the root of it. See, this woman was going, we don't know what caused her to fall in this lifestyle of adultery. We don't know what caused this. And I I saw a TV show, and it's about a gentleman. He has, it's an episode, and he has a toothache throughout the whole episode. And they keep telling him to go get it checked out. And by the end of it, he jokes around and says, ah, you know what, it turns out that, you know, watch, watch it be like, instead of just being a toothache, it's going to end up being like something in my heart because if there's an issue with my heart, then it can affect my tooth. What ends up happening? He goes to the doctor. And it turns out the tooth is not the problem. He's got a bad heart. And the cause of that bad heart is causing the pain in his tooth. See, this was the obvious problem, but that wasn't the root of it. She had an obvious problem, but that wasn't the root of it. The question is, what is the root of it? The question is, in your life today, there are obvious things that you're going through and you're facing and that you're battling or whatever it may be. But the question is, what's the heart of it? What is the cause of it? See, the issue is we try to focus. Well, I have this and I got to stop doing this. I got to stop acting this way. I got to stop talking this way. I got to stop going here. I got to stop doing this. And you can do that all you want, but the question is, is that the heart of it? The real question is, Lord, 
What is the root of it? What is causing me to, to, to act this way, to do this, to, to whatever it may be? Lord, what is it? Well, the blessing is we can just ask Him. Because it, the issue is it may not be what it looks like. And that term comes from finding, you know, getting caught with your hand in the cookie jar. Hey, what are you doing? Oh, that's not what it looks like. Uh, I was uh, just, you know, putting it back. But see, in this term, that battle, that area, those thoughts, that way of feeling, the obvious might not be the issue. The issue is within your heart, somewhere else that you have no idea what is causing this. You know that many women today end up in places and so many relationships because they have issues of rejection, of acceptance, of abuse. And honestly, men have the same issues. Things sometimes we don't even remember, we don't even realize may have happened that became a root. Anger. We get angry all the time and wondering, man, I'm like the Hulk, I'm always angry. But the question is, what is the root? There's something else there. See, Jesus could have condemned her. She was, she was guilty. But Jesus wasn't looking at the obvious. He was looking at her as a person. He was looking at a person who was set up to make a point. This is a woman's life. And they used this woman as an object to make a point. She would have been killed. They were going to stone her to death in her guilt if it hadn't been for Jesus. They didn't see her as a person. They saw her as an object. But can I tell you something? Jesus don't see me and you as an object. He sees you as a creation of God Almighty. The one who predestined you from the foundations of the world. The one who chose you. The one who knitted you in your mother's womb. The one who says he's got great plans for you. And they are for good and not for evil to bring you hope and a future. You're not just an object. You're a person. And the world out there today is not an object. They may be in sin, but they're still a person. And God sent his only begotten son to die for them. And to die for us. And the power of the cross, the victory at the cross, the life that we have in the blood of Jesus. So don't be fooled by what you're going through because it just might not be what it looks like. 
I'm not saying we don't strive. I'm not saying we don't keep trust in the Lord, but that's what it comes down to. Lord, I'm going to trust you to work this out because, Lord, I know that you are working out the good of those for the good of those who love you and been called according to your purpose. And I believe and trust you that, Lord, you're going to bring me through. So you can have hope today. You can trust God. You may not know what's causing those feelings or those emotions, or you don't know why you're thinking this way or feeling this way or doing that or speaking this way. But let me tell you something. It's not what it looks like. God's doing a work in your heart, and it may be a process, and it's going to be a lifelong process, but you can trust him. I can trust him. We can trust him. That he will bring us through. Because we don't know what this woman's life was like. We don't know if she was rejected. We don't know if she was taken advantage. We don't know what caused her to fall into this relationship. That maybe she was so lonely or whatever her thoughts were that she went outside her marriage. Because there were things within her that caused her to be in this lifestyle. But we don't know what it is. But we can see here that when Jesus accepted her, that when Jesus acknowledged her, when Jesus stood up for her, do you catch that? When Jesus stood up for her, he literally saved her life from being killed. Jesus does not condemn her. Instead, he saves her life. And right away, she calls him Lord. And it was more of a respecting as a sir. But really, it's to one that she owes her life to. She feels accepted. And in that acceptance, she accepts him. And he turns and sets her free. He made her righteous in his righteousness, not by condemning her, by not condemning her. She was now accepted and forgiven. And this is why it's so important to seek his kingdom and his righteousness. Because we're not righteous within ourselves, we're righteous in him. But see, I don't want us to get this twisted. God was not okay with the sin. Jesus never told her, oh, it's okay, don't worry, it's, it's all good. We all, you know, everybody does it. No. God's never okay with the sin. He just paid the price to save you from it. To save us from it. But he's not okay with it. If he was okay with it, then Christ wouldn't have not had to die on the cross. <laughs> He's not okay with the sin. And never in this portion of scripture does he ever say, it's okay. No. He tells her, now go and sin no more. The reality is, did this woman ever go and sin no more? I don't know. 
because even though God saved her, it was still going to be a process. But see, the focus of the story is not the adulterous woman. The focus of the story is not the Pharisees. The focus of the story is Jesus and the compassion that he had for this woman. Whatever she did after that and went on in her life, that's her. We don't hear about her anymore. This is here for me and you and the world today to hear about the compassion of Jesus Christ. Because Jesus saw there's more to this. He didn't just see her, he didn't see her as an adulterer. He saw her as a person in need of a savior. Someone to fight for her, someone to stand up for her, someone to become that sin for her. Someone to help her when she was powerlessness, powerless to give her the strength to be able to live. I put here, thank you, Jesus, that he saw beyond the sin because he knows that's why he was going to the cross. This was just more confirmation why he needed to go to the cross. <laughs> and I'm so grateful that he did. Let's close up with these two scriptures, Romans chapter 8, verse 1. I'll encourage you to read that chapter later on, but I'm just going to read verse 1. Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. There is no condemnation for those that are in Christ Jesus today. And we see that example because he says, and neither do I condemn you. And we're going to close up over here with this scripture, Mark 16, verse 15 through 18. Verse 15 says, And he said to them, Go into all the world and proclaim the gospel to the whole creation. Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved, but whoever does not believe will be condemned. And these signs will accompany those who believe in my name. They will cast out demons. They will speak in new tongues. They will pick up serpents with their hands. And if they drink any deadly poison, it will not hurt them. They will lay their hands on the sick, and they will recover. That's a very important word that we must remember. Recover. How many of us know today that you may, we may be in a place of recovery in certain areas in our lives? And that re re recovery is to return to a normal state of health, of mind, or to strength. And how many of us know that recovery is a process? It's a healing process. It's a strengthening of the bones or the muscles or whatever has been injured. And now it takes a time because it's recovery. And though we have been saved and though we have been redeemed and though we have been set free and though we have life today, but there are areas in our heart, in our minds, in our souls today, ourself, that is in recovery that God is bringing out and working out. And we are walking out that recovery daily. 
And that is one of the things that we can have faith today. When we lay hands on the sick, we declare in Jesus' name. When we lay hands on someone who is possessed, we lay hands on someone who's oppressed. When we pray for one another, we can know that God, the work that you now started in them, you will complete it. And you will bring them to recovery. So where you're at today, it's all right. You're in a little bit of recovery. You're coming through it. It's not what it looks like. You're not going to be there for a long time. It may seem like a long time. They may tell you, man, you've been there for a long time. <laughs> I know sometimes I look in the mirror like, Lord, I've been here for a long time really. Thank God a day is like a thousand years and a thousand years is like a day to the Lord. Amen. He's not on our timetable. And I thank God that he's God and no one else is. <laughs> so even, those, even though we don't understand each other, what we may go going through, we don't even understand for ourselves. But I thank God that he does. And what he may be working on, the surface part may not be the issue. There may be other issues that he's getting to. So be patient. I'm not saying to go and sin and go live. No, but be patient and know. But God, I know you're, I'm an overcomer in you. I know I'm free. I wrote here, Lord, I realize it's not what it looks like, but I'm going to trust you to bring about my deliverance, healing, restoration, peace, my recovery, and work this out for the good. Lord, my life is yours. You are faithful. You are faithful. So I thank God it's not what it looks like because when my attitude's not right, I can know, Lord, but I know there's something more to this. I'll tell you, I dealt with anger for many years, and it brought out an ugliness of me. But what the root of that anger was, it was unforgiveness. It was unforgiveness. I had unforgiveness eating me up inside to the point where I couldn't drink enough, smoke enough. Whatever it is did, it just, there was anger within me. And don't get me wrong, there's still anger things that got to be dealt with. <laughs> but one of the main ones was, was unforgiveness for certain people that I had to forgive. But what that did is it freed me, restored me, healed me. So now I can get to a place to grow and love him more, to teach others, but also to live freely. So now when I get angry, man, I'm, I'm trying to go right away. Lord, for, I forgive, Lord. Because I'll tell you one thing. When you say something, do something now, Lord, please forgive me. <laughs> so if I'm so quick to ask for forgiveness, I'm saying, Lord, help me to be quick to forgive. Right? Oh, you guys didn't want to jump on that with me. Huh? Okay, I got you. So, you know, you're quick to ask for forgiveness. But are we quicker to forgive? You're like, nah, I'm still thinking about that one. <laughs> Read your word. Read your word. Amen? Well, this morning, we're going to take some time, and we're going to take communion this morning. I'm going to ask those at home to prepare their elements, and I'm going to ask Sister Cynthia and Letty if they could pass out the elements today. But this morning, as we take communion, 
Let me encourage you this morning what we're remembering. We're remembering the victory that we have in Jesus Christ today. Are you sick? Are you tired? Thank you. Are you fearful? Are you dealing with doubts? Are you dealing with anxiety? Are you dealing with stress? Are you dealing with worriness? Are you battling? Whatever it may be today. Can I tell you something? What we're doing here today is we are remembering the victory at the cross. The power of Jesus Christ. Can I tell you something? Taking communion should not be a somber thing. It should be a celebration. The somberness should be, Lord, I don't know how you deal with me. And being open and honest about the sin and being open and honest with God and remembering. But I thank you, Lord, that I can come and I can be open and honest with you today. But that should turn back to a place of joy. Of a celebration. Of what Christ has done for us. And let me encourage you, if you get into a tight spot at home, at work, whatever you're doing, it's been a long week and you can't wait to the beginning of the month when we do communion, take communion at home. And remember what Christ did for you. I don't know how I'm going to pay this today, but you know what, let me take communion and remember that all my needs have been met in Christ Jesus. He did it for me at the cross and the promises are now yes and amen. You're sick in body? Well, in the name of Jesus, he's my healer. He died on that cross for me. You feel separated, lost, confused? Well, Jesus paid it all on that cross. And when you take communion, we are taking this communion because we are remembering and realizing and acknowledging the belief that we have in the day that Jesus, you died for my sins and the sins of the world. That person ain't acting right. Lord, I think they're going to even farther than hell now. I don't know it's possible, but you know, just can't think of anything. Well, you can be encouraged. No, because now I'm taking this remembering Jesus, you died for them. And you love them. You'll never leave them and you'll never give up on them. Just like you never give up on me. So let me encourage us this morning as we prepare to take communion. Be honest with God. Take this time just to be honest with God. But in that honesty, also acknowledge, as we remember this today, acknowledge, but Jesus, thank you for taking it to the cross. And whatever's the obvious, you ever heard that? No, you just state in the obvious. Well, then go ahead, state the obvious. <laughs> State the obvious and then be honest with God and say, but Lord, I need you to help me to see beyond that obvious. Because it seems to be something more. And you may get an answer, you may not get an answer, but what you do is you get the strength to keep going and trusting him. But Lord, I know you know. And I know you're my healer. You're my savior. You're my king. And you have all power and all authority. Let's take this time right now. Whatever it is you've been facing, whatever you've been going through, wherever you're at today, wherever this message just hits you to the heart, 
areas in all of our lives. Whatever your struggles are, issues, the things that are the obvious, but now you know there's something more, but Jesus, you see the something more, just as you saw in this woman. But this is why he died on that cross for us. So if you'd like to come up to this altar and take communion together, you can stay at your seat, that's fine. But if you would like to come up to this altar today and take this communion, or you can do it from here, those at home with us right now, but as we take communion today, we're taking this remembering, but Jesus, this is what you did for me. This is what you did for the world. And Lord, I can rejoice in that. I can live in you. And you've called me to be the temple, your temple. And Lord, wherever I'm at today, whatever, Lord, thank you that my life is not mine, it's yours. My life belongs to you. You, you redeemed me. You ransomed me. And that's why you're my Lord today. This is the victory. Jesus dying on that cross for us, raising on the third day. Send it on high to the right hand of the Father and to return as soon. And for all that believe today, your names have been written in the Lamb's Book of Life. Not only that, he's given you his Holy Spirit to help you. Is it healing? He's your healer. Deliverance? He's our deliverer. Help? He's our helper. Comfort? He's our comforter. Provider? He's our provider. Strength? He's our strength. Vision, he's our sight. Hearing, listening, doing, it's all because of him. And that's what we're remembering today in this communion, what Christ did for us and what he's done for the world. So you can feel free to walk up if you like or you can take, you can stay seated where you're at. Amen. Come on up, brother. Come on up. Amen. 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 Just a, just a step of faith. That's all it is. Just a step of faith this morning. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah, 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 Lord Jesus. Oh, we just praise you this morning. We praise you this morning, Lord Jesus. Oh, Lord Jesus, thank you for the cross, Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for the resurrection, Lord. Thank you for the body that was given for us, Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for the victory that we have in you today, Lord. Oh, we just praise you, we praise you, we praise you. So we're going to take the bread. And we're going to do this in remembrance for the body that was prepared and given for us today. And we can rejoice because he took all that upon him for us. He took that beating. He was rejected. He was despised. He was mocked. He was made fun of. His friends left him. He was alone. But yet he took that upon him. He took that crown of thorns, which is our peace today. 
He was nailed to that cross, his two hands and his feet. And he hung on that cross so that me and you could have peace today. That we could be restored and be made whole in him today. It's not what we did. It's what he did. As he did for that adulterous woman, she became righteous because of him. Me and you became righteous because of him. And we're taking this bread today as we remember him. Lord, we thank you for this bread. We thank you for the body that was given, Lord. And we thank you as we do this today in remembrance, Lord, of the price that was paid for us, Lord. And Lord Jesus, you know our hearts this morning. And you know everything that is going on within our lives, Lord. But Lord, we thank you, Lord Jesus. That is why you took that beating for us, Lord. That is why, Lord, you went willingly to that cross, Lord, for the joy that was set before you. You were endured in the cross, despising its shame. Oh, but now you were seated at the right hand of the Father, interceding for us day and night. So we thank you today, Lord, as, Lord, we are in agreement with what you've done for us. We believe in you, Lord Jesus. And we believe, Lord Jesus, that price you paid the, and the beating that you took upon your body for us, Lord. So we take this and eat. We take the cup, the blood of Jesus, the remembrance of what he did for us and the blood that was shed for us. Because how many of us know that there is power in the blood? There is life in the blood of Jesus. And today, because of that blood today, our sins are washed away. Our minds are clean. Our bodies are clean. We have been washed in the precious blood of Jesus. And that blood is still powerful enough to save today. So, Lord Jesus, we just thank you today, Lord, for the life that we have in you, for the blood that was shed for us, my God. The blood, my God, that didn't just cover us, but washed us, Lord God. And because of that blood, my God, we are righteous in you today, Lord Jesus. And because of that blood today, my God, we can stand in belief and knowing, my God, that, Lord, we belong to you today, Lord, and that where you are, we are at, my God. We thank you that today we are seated in heavenly places, my God. We thank you today that we are no longer condemned, my God, but you have given us life and you have given us abundantly, my God. And because because of that, we are overcomers today. We are more than conquerors today, and nothing can separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus, my God. So, Lord, we just thank you today for the victory that we have in you today as we remember the victory today because, Lord, you took the power away from the accuser. My God, you delivered us from sin and death. And, Father God, you brought us out of darkness into your wonderful light, my God. And we just thank you this morning, Lord God. Oh, as we remember the victory that we have in you today, Lord Jesus, because of what you did for us and, Lord, what you did for this world today. So we thank you today, my God, because there is hope for this world today. Oh, because of the price you paid. Oh, and we just thank you this morning, Lord God. We rejoice, and again, we say it again, rejoice. Oh, and all that you have done for us, Lord. 
Oh, in Jesus' name we pray. Take and drink. Hallelujah. Woo, let's give the Lord a shout this morning. Amen. Our Lord is good. Our Lord is good. Amen. We have the victory today. And just know that he is faithful to bring me and you through. He is faithful to bring us through. And he will never leave us. He will never forsake us. And we can know that no matter what we face or go through, we have the victory in Christ Jesus today. Amen. He is so good. He is so good. Hallelujah. We're going to pray for the tithes and offerings this morning. Amen. Father, in the name of Jesus, we just thank you for this time. We thank you for your peace. We thank you for your comfort. We thank you for the victory that we have in you today, Lord Jesus. And Father God, every time we find ourselves in a place, Lord, Father, in Jesus' name, Lord, help us to take communion, to be reminded, Lord, Father, of what you have done for us. And because of that, Lord, we can trust you. And Father God, we are overcomers, Lord. So Father, this day, we just thank you for this time. We bless the tithes and offerings as we give wholeheartedly unto you and cheerfully, Lord. We thank you for your provisions. We thank you, Father, for meeting all our needs according to your glorious riches in Christ Jesus. And we thank you that your word says, Never have I seen the righteous forsaken, nor God's seed begging for bread. So, Father, we just thank you this morning. We give you all the glory, all the praise, and all the honor, Father. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Good. God bless you guys. We are dismissed this morning.